Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Midgar Minute Podcast. I am Nick, joined as always by my lovely and faithful... Wait, you're who? My My name is Chris. You said my name is Nick. Did I say that really? I, I think you said my name is Nick. Uh, I well okay. Well, my I name is Nick. Tripping. I could be tripping. But... Joined by my lovely and faithful co-host Chris. Chris, how go. you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Nick. I'm doing great. I, I think we, we uh, might have a bit of a cloud Zach thing going on right now. Yeah, know, yeah. Something's happening. <laughs> something's going on. Our our memories are intertwining. Uh, <laughs> and uh, welcome to another episode of the Make Our Minute podcast. Uh, and we got a we got a bit of a a bit of a big boy for you today a big heckin chonker of an episode today where we're going to discuss uh a a video that was released uh, a couple of years ago at this point now um by a a man named sleep easy that's s-l-e-e-p-e-z-i on youtube and it is titled the new reunion final fantasy 7 remake solved now if you're like me well, you know, let me. I'm sorry. I'm I'm going. I'm getting ahead of myself here. First of all, I would love to thank the wonderful, wonderful folks over at the Mosey Gang. Yes, who have uh, <laughs> been keeping keeping us alive uh, in more ways than one uh, over these last couple of years, and we want to give a special thanks to them and those people being Scott, Kyle, AJ, Danny, Kevin, Jillian, Brienne, Matt, Sam, Charlotte, Cameron, Garrett, Dan M, Ryan, Petros, Matt M, Thios48, Colton, Tone, Kimmy, and Chris G. Thank you guys so, so much. Thank you. For, you guys for doing everything you do, keeping the Discord alive, <laughs> and keeping the fire alive in our hearts. And if you dear listener would like to be a part of that group and come join our discord uh we have links in the episode description and in our social medias uh and you all you got to do is throw us a gill you don't even have to do it a month you could just do it you could do a one-time donation and get into the discord if you want and you're there for for life for so, life you know make sure you weigh all the consequences before <laughs> Yeah, that's more Making of a warning, decision. not an invitation. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, we want to make sure people know what they're what they're getting in for. Yeah. Um, but you know, if if that interests you, uh, like I said, we have inter- uh links in the description and in our social medias. But we're just glad that you're here listening to us ramble, um, almost biweekly. <laughs> we we try we try to keep uh some some level of normalcy. But if you're a longtime listener, you would know that. It, we just kind of uh, embrace chaos on this podcast and kind of just do whatever and however. So uh, if this is your first episode, welcome. Welcome uh, Get used to that. And um, yeah, so anyways, uh, if you're like me and had this video uh, sort of show up in your suggested in uh, on YouTube, because uh, this video was released back in October of 2021 to put all things into perspective and have full transparency here. I had not seen this video until we had the idea to cover it. And I feel like when it came out, we almost covered it back when it did come out. But then considering it is a almost three hour long video, we wanted to give it a little bit more of (laughs) like, we wanted to let it marinate a little bit. And then, you know, we, other things sort of came up and then, you know, we were thinking of something to, to talk about and we're like, you know, let's 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 watch the Sleep Easy video and uh, boy oh boy 
um, the the price of knowledge is steep. Not only that, uh, <laughs> I, I will say, dude, I'm really glad we waited as long as we did. Because yes. a lot of what was, and you'll find this, and again, I think what people can expect from this episode is, one, we're not going to be able to do this justice. So if you want the full right. scope yeah, so of don't... Sleep Easy's connection, you got to mm-hmm. go and check out the video for yourself. Watch the video, please. We implore you to do yes. that. This is not, not going to be a substitute for the video. We're not going to touch exactly. upon exactly. all of the points that he makes in the video, and we're not going to do it as well as he does either. So... Um, he has done, you know, a incredible amount of research into the compilation, job. all of the Ultimanias, the the novels, interviews with the with the uh, developers. He's he's done his work. So please, <laughs> you know, don't don't listen to this episode and be like, oh, I have a good understanding of everything here. Definitely go check out his video and. Um, you know, give him some love for sure, because he he definitely needs. Well, I was gonna say, he, he, we all need some love, but he deserves the love, is what I was trying to say. Um, but anyway, so yeah, the the interesting thing with this video is that a lot of the things that he brings up um, in this, because it's not, I'm not quite sure if I want to call it a theory video because he doesn't describe it as that, and considering the just the amount of information that is in this video. And how everything sort of lines up, I would say that it is a potential, uh, you know, he calls it that, you know, Final Fantasy Remake Solved, um, which I think he does a pretty good job of doing. I'll I'll say this. What you can expect is like the video is about 90% analysis, maybe 10% theory. Right. Yes. That, that, That is more, it is more of an analysis on all of the information that is available to us. Uh, you know, well, it was to him at, you know, back in 2021, which is, you know, off the heels of Intergrade and Intermission coming out. And, you know, before we knew about Rebirth and stuff like that. But, you know, considering the stuff that we do or we have seen about Rebirth, it does kind of add a lot more to this stuff that he brings up here. So I guess um, a good place to start would just be to kind of, I don't know, give a generalization of of his like thesis i guess um for this stuff and even that is kind of a a <laughs> a uh, difficult task because it is a kind of a big it's kind of hard to kind of nail it down to like one thing but i guess if i had to it would be that uh he mentions that memories are the sort of the real core of final fantasy 7 as a whole and, you know, that the, the uh, he, I think he, his exact words were memories are the DNA of the world yeah. of Final Fantasy VII, um, which so, is something that, you know, oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, if you want like a picture, picturesque view, imagine all of the information you know about Final Fantasy VII orbiting the word memory. Like, yes. Like, it's, it, it all comes back to that. It all can be thematically linked to that. That's that's what this theory, that's what this, not theory, this video proposes and points all the data to. Right. And and kind of a, a, the biggest thing and something that I hadn't really considered because, you know, when it comes to the live stream, right? Like we understand that that is sort of the collection, the collective consciousness of people who have died, right? And that was something that is definitely touched upon in other things and, um, I just didn't really think about it in the way that the way that he frames it here is that, you know, the live stream is 
you know, all these memories and all of time can be accessed through those memories. So basically it's like, you know, remember how we were sort of thinking about, okay, is, is remake existing in a sort of, in a separate reality? Is it a, is it a rewound reality? And I think based on everything that he brings up here, a good place to land on is that it is both of those things are true in a sense, but more, I guess more so that it is a reset reality or it's kind of hard to, to say. Cause it's more of like a, it doesn't like time doesn't really exist. Uh, more than or, time is like, a flat circle. So like to, the, to right. the characters of FF seven, this is what it appears like could be wrong, but to the character of characters of FF seven, they're experiencing time linearly one second at a time moment after moment as far as the live stream is concerned the way this would make sense to me is that all of time exists within the live stream at every moment at every time yeah so that's like everything is happening at the same time in terms of the live stream and everything like so a character like zach or sephiroth or Aerith who dies and becomes part of the live stream is you know, they are, even if they're dead, technically, they're still not dead. And tying it back into the memory thing, it, it, based on what he was saying here, I feel like as long as you remember somebody, they're not dead. Like, they exist in some form. They may not be like a flesh and blood human being, but they still exist in some form. And they never truly, like... You know, <laughs> no one's ever truly gone. Well, I think as, the, uh, the word sleep easy uses a lot is consciousness. So it's like that right. person's body may be gone, right? But it's the consciousness that lives on. Right. And and, and it's something that he sort of um, touches upon a lot. And we're going to we're, we're kind of going to be skipping around. Um, I, I thought that maybe it would be a good idea to do it linearly and kind of discuss the points as he brings them up in the video. But considering how stuff later on kind of ties back into things that he brings up towards the beginning, I feel like we just kind of, we kind of just go <laughs> wherever, wherever our, uh, our minds take us. And, you know, we have, we have certain things here that I do want to bring up and talk about. Um, and I, I guess, yeah, we should also mention that there is a lot of stuff that he brings up in this video that is stuff that we have talked about on previous episodes. So, you know, there's going to be things that we're, we'll, we'll kind of, you know, we'll touch upon, but not really go into too much detail about, um, one of those things being, um, the live stream white and black stuff from on the way to a smile that we mm -hmm. had covered a couple episodes back, which, you know, that for me, that was when we covered that stuff, I had the same sort of feeling that I did watching this where I was just like, Okay, like there's, there's, there's something there to grab onto, right? <laughs> in all, in the sea of all this, all these theories and all this unknown stuff, like when you, when we were reading all that, the the live stream black and white stuff, it felt like okay, now we're 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 approaching something a bit more concrete here, and is something that if what we think is happening is happening, and that this is a continuation, like like Final Fantasy VII remake and everything after it is sort of a continuation and is, you know, instead of being like the idealized version of FF7, it is kind of an FF7 that is taking everything else into account. And as we'll get into, uh, 
that has a pretty scary connotation <laughs> in in terms of certain things. Um, but uh, like I said, we're, we're, we'll you know when we get to certain areas, like we'll we'll touch upon certain things that you know he talks about. But we have already talked about them, and you know we don't want to waste too much time on the stuff that we've already sort of discussed. And you know if you're interested, you know we we have some episodes that are more clearly sort of identified as you know, specific theories and things like that. But I know that even going through some of these other things, like I know that we've discussed certain, these certain topics in other episodes that weren't specific theory videos or theory crafting stuff. So, you know, just listen to all the episodes we've done. You know, there's over a hundred of them. Just go listen to all those and then come back here (laughs) and, and, you know, we'll all be on the same page. (laughs) Um, But anyways, the the thing that I sort of uh, also didn't take into account with this is Genova and her connection to the live stream. Like we know that she's part of it and that she's influencing it, and you know has been influencing it ever since you know she you know first came down onto the planet. Um, but I didn't really consider like how deep she was and like how like you know obviously with the geo stigma and stuff like we knew that that was well i at first i thought that was something for sephiroth and kind of going back to another episode that we did about discussing who was in control because it's kind of ambiguous uh to a certain extent if like sephiroth is more in control or genova is more in control or they both are they aligned you know are they the same entity um, but, uh, Sleep Easy, uh, you know, posits that they are separate entities and they're two separate antagonists, um, to the story and well, is something to, that... I was going to say, to be clear, he's saying that the, in Remake, in right, particular, yes, they're two yes. separate protagonists. But through OG FF7, what he's argued is essentially that Sephiroth has been a prisoner of Genova until this sort of Advent Children remake manifestation. Right, and that all this, although the live stream black and white stuff, um, that was the sort of moment where he was uh, coming back to approaching something of his own self. Whereas before he was, I I believe Sleep Easy had basically just, he's basically a pawn of Genova. And it's something that I always, in the back of my mind, had considered of like, is Sephiroth, like, is he really actually wanting to do any of this or is this something that he was just you know kind of like cloud mentally unstable and was just easy pickings for a being like Genova who can as we discussed in that other episode that she can you know mimic things she can do all this sort of crazy stuff and sort of praise upon people who are uh you know that do have some sort of mental instability and as we also kind of saw in Remake as well with Cloud, um, which, and that's another thing too that he brings up in here that I, I was sort of blown away by is that the, you know, we were sort of not sure if it was Genova, you know, sort of leading Cloud, you know, and sort of being the one that's behind all these Sephiroth hallucinations and stuff like that. And I mean, should, should we just, should we jump to that part already? <laughs> Of, um, of, uh, or I, I don't, I see, I don't know how to. <laughs> there was something, there was something you were discussing before that I actually wanted to touch on. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, what were you, what were you saying just before you, you pivoted into this? If you can remember. Um, 
So we were talking about Sephiroth and Genova. Sephiroth is a prisoner of Genova. Mm-hmm. Um, um, children through Livestream White, Livestream Back, Advent Children is trying... Okay, so you know what? If I can't pull it up by then, then um, then maybe we should just move on. Okay, so... We'll just... <laughs> We'll just keep it rolling. But yeah, why don't why don't you just why don't you just rip one of the band-aids off and then we'll uh we'll tell yes. oh, no, actually you know it's, it's I hate oh. how my mind works. Right as I let it go, it came right it comes back. Right back. <laughs> but anyway, getting into Genova and the mimicry you were bringing up before. Which you know, the mimicry mm-hmm. was something we've always known, but now it's funny how you're starting to see a parallel between mimicry and memory right? Memory mm-hmm. almost seems to be this positive force, while mimicry seems to get everyone into trouble. Look at everything that's going on with Cloud. He's acting under mimicry when he's trying to do, you know, the, the remake Cloud, OG Cloud. In a way, he's trying to mimic Zack, and that mimicry is actually what kind of yes, gets all tangled up that... and gets him into trouble. And his memories are actually what he needs to be holding on to, but he prefers the mimicry to the memory, and that's why Genova finds him so appealing let's put it that way right and yeah and she is basically supplement uh using the genova cells within cloud to supplement his memories and there was a couple other things that he had brought up but um one thing that he brought up that was like uh really cool was that you know we know that cloud was sorting uh you know he was imitating zach right in sort of his you know just general sort of being right but there was a, a part of the video where he's literally putting side by side, like them having the same mannerisms of like they both, you know, sort of cross their arms the same way. They, you know, they both sort of do this like similar hand gestures and things like that. Mm-hmm. And like really subtle stuff that I wasn't, you know, uh, like really conscious of. But, you know, again, I don't know how much of that is like intentional or I mean, at this point and basically another point that that he puts up in this video is that everything is intentional (laughs) and that especially now considering with with remake being in the picture that everything that has come beforehand is being is there for a purpose and for a purpose of the story and for the characters as well like there i I don't think there's going to be any stones left unturned by the time that uh the third game comes out like they they will probably touch upon every little thing and every almost everything will have its own purpose i guess in the in the greater meaning either in the overall story or in you know the the character arcs for specific characters um and that that stuff was um really crazy to me (laughs) um and the sort of the imprinting of or supplementing of the memories was another one that we saw with um, that one little scene with Cloud walking through Nibelheim and Tifa's like, oh, are you ignoring me? Mm-hmm. And, you know, in reality, like, she didn't even notice him. And, like, Genova was using that memory of what Cloud thinks of Tifa or wants to think of her. And is that's like, he's using the... He's uh, playing on the ideal, you know? Right, and he's using those, you know, since his mind is really sort of fragmented and very fragile, um, you know, he is supplementing, or I guess the Genova cells are supplementing these things to fill in the gaps in his memory and whatever fills the narrative for him at that point in time. So that's, you know, when any of those other things comes up and he's like, oh yeah, this is, you know, this is who I am, this is, this is, you know me and then it's like well is it though is it you 
And then, you know, Genova's like, oh, you know, I think he I think he actually literally says, like, rewriting his memories to fit the situation that he's in for that specific point in time. And, you know, when you think about all the moments that that happened in remake, like that makes a lot of sense. Like that totally checks out to me that that is something that is Genova is is controlling cloud in this way. And as the thing that we were going to talk about, or I was going to bring up before that it was a little bit of Genova and Sephiroth, but I think ultimately it was Sephiroth doing, uh, you know, all of the sort of manipulations, the direct manipulations that we see um, that involve Sephiroth were him. And the the basic the basic theory here is that, you know, Sephiroth, when he is, you know, at, at the end of Advent Children and like on the way to a smile, he is in the live stream, right? And he's sort of just hanging out. And he is then sort of only existing really in Cloud's consciousness. And that's the only, like, he doesn't really... Well, here, um, I'll chime in. I think this might help give a little structure to it. So part of what mm -hmm. this um, video is making the case for, especially with things like memory, is your memories of someone who is gone allows their consciousness to live on inside of you. So like in those Advent Children scenes where you see like Cloud and Aerith or Cloud and Zack in that sort of Yeah, and they're in, space, in that white void. Where, yeah, yeah. Where, where he's able to communicate with them. That in a sense is their consciousness living on within Cloud. Now, mm -hmm. what you're sort of getting at here is knowing that Sephiroth's consciousness exists within Cloud, we're better able to understand that that's how he sort of manipulating these things and allowing to sort of take hold on some of the um failed sephiroth clones right right and yeah. that's and that's how he's able to exist at this point at all and then he's um, chasing he, autonomy right is that like he the the current way he's able to manifest himself isn't good enough he's chasing something he's chasing a real sort of rebirth you know, that's mm -hmm. really what he's chasing. He wants his material a real self. reunion. Ultimately, what, what, and again, we, we may have touched on this a little earlier, but to understand what Sephiroth is trying to do is he is, in a sense, trying to not just resurrect himself back into, into the material plane, but he wants his Advent Children self and his Crisis Core self to resurrect mm -hmm. into one being. He wants to take all those memories of the future and past and bring them into a present version of himself. And he's right. in a sense using Cloud as a way to manifest that. And I'm sure we'll get into more of that later, especially when we talk about the edge of creation and stuff. But mm -hmm. when you look at Sephiroth basically using Remake as a way to re-manifest the version of himself that will have his Crisis Core and pre-Crisis Core memories as well as his post-FF7 memories so that he could better manipulate the world to an outcome that he sees ideal. Right, and that fucking scares me. <laughs> and it, honestly, it elevates, it gives Sephiroth, because I, you know, we had talked about before of like, you know, can Sephiroth be more than just, you know, guy who, you know, oh, I just want to, you know, whatever, crush the planet, whatever, well, right? a guy who went crazy and now wants to dominate the world with his genetic mother. 
Right. And now I feel like if if, if this is where they're going to head with it, that elevates Sephiroth to like the next tier well, yeah, to me he's of becoming, like... He's, he's not just becoming his own thing. He's becoming something instead of Genova absorbing him. Yeah, something else entirely. Genova. Right, right. He and, he wants to be the one in control. Right, and uh, some of some, everything. And while we're on this, part of what that video goes into as well is that the whispers, while they may stand in as an agent of the planet, they're an agent of Genova as well. Like, right, Genova that's that was one, another thing too. Yeah, yeah, that Genova's also the one who has an interest in keeping things as they are. And again, there was a lot in this video that I yeah. felt like we already covered <laughs> or we already kind of theorized on, but there was something very specific he pointed out that went directly over my head. And it's shortly after Sephiroth stabs Barrett, right? Because what is Sephiroth's goal been? He wants to shake things up. He wants to prove that he is able to change the, the course of history. And he's been able to sort of manipulate that, right? Like he got Cloud to attack him near uh, Genova's body, what with Hojo watching. There have been these little differences. But really Mm -hmm. what made that Barrett getting stabbed moment so profound is it was a jarring difference, right? So it was almost like it was a Sephiroth who was testing his bounds of how far can I take this? Is it just me? How how much have I progressed at this point? Am I, am I, do I exist enough to be able to actually exert my own will? Because up until that point... We weren't really sure. And he, I mean, obviously he was manifesting to other people, you know, like Palmer saw him walking around Shinra Tower. So like he was starting to become physical at that point and not just, you know, uh, consciousness or a part of Cloud's consciousness. He was starting to like gain an actual form. And, you know, yeah, that I think you were absolutely right because we were talking about it before we started recording. And that to me seemed like that was his first like, you know, like, hmm. I'm I'm approaching this new level of being. Yeah. Let me let me let me let me, let me stretch around balance. a little bit. Let me yeah. let me see. Yeah. Let me see what I can and, get up to around and, here. And then the thing that really occurred to me was watching, uh, shortly after he stabs Barrett when he's kind of carrying the Genova head, you see the whispers like desperately swirling around him, almost like a yo he's unhinged. He has to be taken care of. Like, like yo, what the fuck? It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's get going on? And Sephiroth just like swipes the Masamune. And like takes him out, and it's almost like a symbol of okay, he can now transcend like you, Genova's will. You don't control me anymore. Like I'm, yes. not, I'm, I've that, broken the and loop. That, that's when it turns into the Genova Dreamweaver, and yep. just like shit, there it is, right in front. And, of yeah, us. and that's Genova, like kind of being like, oh fuck, well, uh, pulling out all the shops. <laughs> I got to do something here, uh, and you know, I guess, and that would also explain, you know, why the whispers are circling Shinra Tower and all this stuff. And, you know, when, once we get a little bit, uh, you know, we'll go a little bit further before we talk about um, all the other stuff that happens with Zack and, and all the, the, you know, the memories of the future and the past that we see, um, which that it's a whole other, <laughs> it's a whole other bag of worms. But um, a, a specific line in regards to what we were just talking about, um, a, a line that uh, Sleep Easy mentions here, is that Sephiroth's goal is to remove what makes Cloud himself and remove purpose from the world entirely, leaving it a faint memory. You which might kind say of... leaving it hollow. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I love he brings that up in that hollow, like, you know, aside from being a really cool song, uh, you know, has a lot of meaning. And, you know, it kind of... Uh, it, it, it definitely puts into perspective a lot of the stuff that we had seen, because... You know, just playing through remake, 
you know, back when it came out. And, like, it, it is pretty clear to see that, like, Sephiroth is guiding Cloud towards something. Yeah. We don't know what it is. We, you know, we see that obviously he's trying to keep him on a certain path and, and you know, do certain things. And considering that, you know, now that we're we're sort of realizing and that what Sleep Easy is mentioning is that Sephiroth is trying to attain something higher than just being a, a flesh and blood, you know, human being or, right. you know, whatever. He's trying to, you know, reach godhood or whatever. Not He doesn't specifically say that, but it, you know, in I would say that is a pretty well, apt think, way yeah, to, to <laughs> describe what scale, he's trying right? to attain. Think about the scale that he has to measure things by. So consider Genova. He obviously sees Genova as a superior being to, say, the mortal lives of those of, like, Cloud and Tifa. So right. what... What allows Genova to be quote unquote superior? Well, she not only has these supernatural powers, she operates as a sort of almost like a not just like a physical virus, but like a spiritual virus where she can infect the life stream of a planet itself. So that means Sephiroth's right. goal is to be more effective, ethereal, and powerful than that. Something yeah, that more far just, reaching than that. Yeah, something that wouldn't affect the life stream of a planet, something that would affect the life stream of existence or creation itself. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, something that uh, you know, we sort of see a little we see that a little bit in uh I I, I kinda I kinda wanna talk about the uh <laughs> the edge of creation stuff. because uh, we have we have mentioned it a little bit. Um, I, I don't. I I don't know if it wasn't on an episode. I, I'm pretty sure it must have been the 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 ore and the watashi uh, stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that we had covered that we've on co- a previous episode. We've covered episode. that before, but allow me to say. Oh God, if I could conjure this up, I remember I wanted to talk about it. He connected the ore and watashi. That's right. We were talking about this earlier. So right, you and I have talked about that sort of pronoun and how the Sephiroth we see at the edge of creation is not the Sephiroth that's necessarily appeared to us throughout the game. Simultaneously, we've also talked about who's in control, Sephiroth or Genova. And little did we know the answer to that question, to those questions were actually connected. When he's using right. the Wutashi pronouns, which is what he uses pre-edge of creation, that's a Sephiroth that's sort of being used on Genova's will or in collaboration with it. Right, and he's very sort of, uh, you know, emotionless and sort of, you know, but when he's being sort of puppeted by Genova and not yes. being his actual self. And then the, the Ore uh, pronoun is what he uses in Crisis Core and um, I believe it was in, in also in the uh, Edge of Creation scene. And, you know, that that is the Sephiroth that is that has emotion that is, you know, that that little bit of him that we see in Crisis Core before he breaks, you know, he's got friends, you know, he's making yeah. jokes and stuff with Zack and like, yeah, he, he is an actual that that is his that is his self. Uh, for lack of a better word. And that is something that he lost or gave up or was taken from him by Genova uh, in the original game. And that was sort of who he... Every every time that we had seen him after that was that, you know, the, the puppet Sephiroth, um, you know, that, that was, you know, that everyone was like, oh, we're all familiar with this guy, the, <laughs> you know. Um, so I, I think with him being that way in the edge of creation and 
uh, Sleepyzy had mentioned that this is sort of the end goal for Sephiroth at this point uh, in remake was to lead Cloud not only to, you know not not just to give himself uh, you know a a a will and a and a being once again but to bring Cloud here to this to edge of creation to sort of explain to him what is going on and like why you know and at least try to I, I guess maybe plant the seeds of like you know I I don't want to kill you I kind of want to I want you to be with me and see what I'm seeing here and the, the whole seven seconds to the end line is be something that I don't know if we'd ever gotten like real confirmation on it uh, in the past, but um, Sleepy Z mentions that that is, you know, time is sort of stopped in the edge of creation, right? And that seven seconds is to the seven seconds to the end of life as we know it and like the world, existence right? And that's yeah. our existence, yeah. And that's in when they're on that platform in, in the middle of space, like that's where they are in, in a frozen in time, seven seconds before the end of existence. And you know, Sephiroth, you know, po you know, poses the question of, well, what, what will you do with that time? And, you know, something, uh, I forgot exactly what he says during that, but time it's, enough he's, per, for you, perhaps. Mm -hmm. what will you do? Oh, for, yes. Uh, he, cause he brings it up. Um, you know, it was something like, you know, if, you know, you can do something or some other power can come in and, and fix the problem basically. So, I think that whole thing is Sephiroth being like, hey, this is something like either you or I are going to get to a point where we're going to be able to stop this from happening. And then because we still are not clear and, and you know, in Sleep Easy's video, it's not entirely clear either, um, you know, what what Sephiroth's actual intentions are. Like, does he want to actually like just kind of destroy everything and then have his own you know, utopia or whatever, you know, we, we don't know what his real end goals are right. even at this point still. Um, so it, it is kind of hard to, to really fathom where, like what exactly Sephiroth is trying to do, but it seems very much that he is trying to separate cloud. He's trying to eliminate things that had helped him in the past. And also, uh, that, version of Sephiroth that we see at the edge of creation and the one that was ultimately created at the by the end of remake is a Sephiroth that is in touch with his past memories and his future memories so it's so, a Sephiroth that knows who Genesis is and knows who Kadaj is to put it in layman's terms right yes so everything he, he basically knows everything uh, because when we destroyed the Harbinger, the Whisper Harbinger, which was another thing too, uh, that I, <laughs> like I didn't really, when that whole sequence was happening in the game, I was, I didn't quite know what to make of it. Even after all this time, I was like, I'm still not quite sure. And, you know, you see like the, the, um, those Whisper sort of avatars of, you know, Kadaj, Yazoo and Laz, and he does bring that up in here as well, that they're not just like, they're basically, they're not manifestations of Sephiroth. Cause that's kind of, that's what I thought. I thought that the Harbin, the whisper Harbinger and those three guardians were Sephiroth's doing, but those were G Genova's doing. Genova was the Harbinger 
and she was sending out these, you know, these fragments of these memories of Kadaj, Yazu, and Laz to protect her because, you know, that's, you know, she's not going to just bring them out and they're going to be in the full realized form because those are, those are Sephiroth's memories that she's taking out. It's not even her memories that she's using to uh, project these guardians out there. And that, like, I, I told, I had honestly totally forgotten about <laughs> that point as well of like, oh yeah, Genova was the, uh, the Whisper Harbinger. And, you know, thinking back on it, it makes a lot of sense because what happens after we defeat that, that the Harbinger? Sephiroth shows up and soaks in all of that power that the Harbinger had and all the memories inside. And as we were fighting the Harbinger and we damaged it, what, what happened? We saw those flashes of the past, of the future, you know, things, all these things that Genova was keeping inside of itself because she is tapped into the live stream and is more or less like the, she is the live stream to, to a certain extent. Well, she's, she's uh, integrated, <laughs> but she's integrated into the live stream. Like she's successfully right. woven herself. Like when meteor strikes, that's a point he makes in the video too. When meteor strikes in the original, that in a sense is Genova finding a way to weave herself into the live stream. Right. And so, yeah, like Genova has been in control or has been a, has become part of if not uh, the greater portion of the live stream throughout all of everything from OG the compilation material up until the moment that we destroy her or we destroy the harbinger and then Genova no longer has that level of control anymore now all that level of control has been passed over to Severoth yes so all the things that Genova was capable of doing before now Sephiroth can do and to be honest, I don't know what Genova even can do. <laughs> Does Genova even have a point of existing anymore? I don't know. Like, I, I'm assuming yeah, that's I mean, something. Yeah, because her. I mean, look, like Sephiroth may have gotten the like whispers, her physical right, body still exists. Yeah, her physical body still exists, and her cells are still inside Cloud. Right. Like right. Have so a yeah, lot I guess. And out. you know, with, I'm like, I guess if if we're going along with all the other things that we've been saying about memories and you know, that they are sort of more than just memories. And there was a comment on the video. I think it's one of the, the top comments on the video um, where someone said, uh, I can't believe Nomura took the line, I will never be a memory and based the remake Sephiroth's entire story around that. <laughs> Which is something that I'm like, what? because he was talking so much about memories. I'm like, yeah, like, guess what? Sephiroth was right. In when he said that in Advent Children, because now he is not, he is no longer a memory. He is now a separate entity and back living in some form. I don't know if like, you know, cause again, we're, we're operating on just whatever information we've got in, in remake and some other things that we can glean from like the compilation material. So it's not entirely clear, at least to me of like what, I mean, obviously, Sephiroth is at a level now where he has transcended. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't know, like, can he to just now just go... Yeah. yeah, right. Like, can he just do whatever he wants now? Is there more stuff that he has to do in order to, like, like reach, you know, his, uh, his, <laughs> his Sephiroth over heaven form, you know? Uh, you know, it, it's not entirely clear yet. But that it honestly makes me really excited because it's like th they could do some really 
cool and interesting stuff with this if if this is where they're planning to go with it and I'm and you know we're saying before you know I think based on all the the uh the evidence that uh, and the that Sleep Easy has put onto this video it feels pretty concrete to me you know like this seems like the, all these things that we're talking about here and that he posits in this video is stuff that is very like something I could easily latch onto and be like, yes, I believe, I believe in this now, you know, and, it, and the, one of the better experiences. And if I had to sum up my experience watching this video, it's sort of like we, you know, through this podcast and uh, in our own time and like in our own private conversations, it felt like we had all the pieces there. And like, we, they, like they were, they had like little pieces coming off of them that were like you know starting to connect to other pieces but after watching this video a lot of that stuff has sort of like those those pathways connecting the pieces have become a little bit more firmer now and a lot more tangible and being like okay this is stuff that we can sort of act on in a way of like if we're actually trying to theorize what's going to happen in the future this is a much stronger foundation to go off of based on you know instead of just being like I don't know, like how, you know, this one weird scene, like what happened with that? Uh, you know, and all these other little things like, and, you know, kind of bringing it back to what we were saying before that, you know, we had discussed a lot of these things and, you know, again, we had not seen this video until very recently. And I just think that it is, it kind of gave me a chuckle when there was a lot of stuff that he was bringing up in this video that we had already talked about. Um, I was going to say, uh, when you're ready, there is, I'd like to talk about one of the things that you and I never talked about. Um, Yes, yes. The consistency of the tessellation pattern. Yes, yes. The tessellation pattern, which was something that I... more than just making shit look pretty, man. Right. (laughs) And uh, for those of you who don't know, and I didn't know that this was even like a term, uh, tessellation is um, the pattern. If you look at the Advent Children um, poster... And, uh, you know, you, you'll, you, once you, you see it, you'll pause, if you've pressed pause and remake that, that sort of, um, geometric that like grid pattern, pattern. that grid geometric yeah. pattern that shows up everywhere, shows up during the DMW during crisis core. Um, mm-hmm. it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's on, it's in that when you're going through that tunnel to the edge of creation, it's in that tunnel. And basically what tessellation is, it is the, the literal structure of DNA and how and we were saying before and was kind of like at the beginning at the top of the video and like part of his mission statement is that you know memories are the dna of final fantasy 7 and so now that we're seeing now looking back in retrospect that all these things from the compilation material and not we're not talking about re, you know just remake or crisis core reunion if you go back all the way from Advent Children coming out, you'll see that pattern yes. in pretty much everything that came after that. Thus, sort of signifying that they that there was plans there to, you know, take this in a certain direction, right? But they just they they never got around to it until now. And I think um, I forget exactly how he words it, but. Um, the way Sleep Easy words it is kind of like, you know, all the compilation material was the beginning of a conversation that never got the other half. Oh, no, no, no. Of... It's, it's, it never got its final act. 
Oh, Just like, like a certain, like a certain play did. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, yeah, no, that that's really that's a really good observation, and I feel like now, like all that stuff, and that to me really signified like we were on the right path, and I feel like well, most people probably on the right path of like all this stuff in the compilation material it's not just you know references it's not just little nods of like oh hey i'm gonna go find kunzel right oh you know like little things like that like no this whatever remake and rebirth in the third game whatever this stuff is it is the the i don't want to call it like true final fantasy 7 but i feel like it kind of is though like this is a final fantasy 7 that takes all this stuff into consideration yeah and you know is now using all of that information to create this whole new narrative and, you know, is going to pull things in from other, uh, from like the compilation. Obviously we've already seen at this point that they have done that. Um, but yeah, this to me just seems a bit more of like, Oh, like they, they were always planning this. Like it's always, it was always sort of kind of up for debate whether or not like they actually had a plan that they wanted to follow through and they just didn't or whatever. And it's like, now to me, this seems like pretty concrete that this is stuff that, you know, the cult like remake and everything that's going to come after is the culmination of these threads that they started, you know, 20, you know, 20, 30 years ago where, um, you know, all this comp, well, I guess well, 20, not 30. <laughs> we're not, we're not that old yet. Um, but yeah, all the compilation material and all the stuff that at the time felt more or less disjointed and kind of, uh, separated now is finally f- be gonna, uh, become whole in whatever remake and rebirth and all this stuff is going to culminate in. And to me, that that is the most exciting part of this. And I know that that, you know, was a deal breaker for a lot of people when they saw all this kind of crazy stuff happening at the end of Remake. But I think, you know, we have said multiple times on this podcast that 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 is the part that excites us the most is that this is going to be like they're they're taking everything into consideration and, you know, everything that we have seen from this franchise up until this point is going to have well, I, I maybe don't want to set the bar too high, but it feels like everything is going to eventually have a payoff in one way or another, right? And it's not just going to be like, oh, they're just telling a new story just for the shits and giggles of it. It's like, no, I think they're they're taking a lot of care to tie all those all these threads kind of back together after all this time and to make sense out of them, you know, and it kind of shows that they are they care on a level that you don't really see that much <laughs> to no. be honest in a, in a lot of, uh, especially in video games, not, not to say that every game that comes out is just like whatever and doesn't have anything, but you know, also kind of, it's not really feasible for a lot of games because uh, I mean, depending on the certain franchises, they haven't been around long enough, right. you know, to do something like this and to have such a big, cultural impact initially and then still have that impact being felt to this day and so that they can act on that sort of stuff you know what i mean it's like if right. they went back and you know uh you know in in 20 years from now if they you know if they never made another kingdom hearts game how dare you and then they can't <laughs> 20 years from now then they make another one and then any like you know it seems like they're just remaking it and then you know I, well i mean that would be I don't since I know nothing about Kingdom Hearts, I don't know if this analogy is even good. It's probably not. 
Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it just, yeah, it feels like it's one of those things. It's, I think maybe, maybe a better analogy, maybe be like something like the MCU, right? Where there's not really something like the MCU didn't really exist before that because there just wasn't, there wasn't any precedent for that sort of thing. Right. right. Like to approach something after so many years and have it be this ultimately like overarching story that's culminating in this whatever wherever the hell we're going with this uh this remake trilogy right so it's like i don't necessarily blame people for being like i don't know but you know i i think i still think it's going to be worth the investment to be honest with you and that's not just you know me huffing copium (laughs) you know um yeah because i i again have not seen anything that is making me doubt uh, the direction that they're taking things, but um, that was a hell of a tangent. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the tessellation stuff, um, and you know, that something again, like that little sort of thread and that little through line that has f- persisted up all the way up until now, is just to me just further proof that they that they're they know that they're taking all this stuff into consideration and they they know what they want to do. Like there seems like there is a plan here and that there's a, there maybe has always been a plan even back when it didn't seem like they had one, you know, or that they just didn't, maybe they didn't have the means to, or they didn't know quite how to, you know, finish that conversation Honestly, that they started like back crisis, then. I feel like since crisis core, they knew they were going to do this. Right, because you know you see, you know, in even in the other compilation games that came out, you see that there are, there were attempts there to sort of weave stuff in, not just into like the main story, but you know they were all sort of meant to be their own little vehicle or view into how things were going to progress. And I think because they were all radically different types of games, and they all had different tones and moods and stuff. And they were, it felt like they were all trying to accomplish something different, yet also try to be uniform. Uh, it, it just, it, it seemed not messy, but like, it just seemed like they didn't quite know what direction they wanted to take it in. And, you know, that's fine, you know, cause I still think that a lot of the compilation mis- uh, material is good. Um, you know, <laughs> even Dirge, you know, I, I, you know, but you know honestly, it, I, I know Dirge is getting the full blown retcon. I think. Out of all the compilation mm. material, it's, Dirge is going to It's get probably it. the one that's going to it's going to get it the most for sure. Well, cuz think because about it, we're changing and honestly Advent Children might fall into this technically too. I mean, that wouldn't technically mm-hmm. be a retcon cuz it's a past event, but either way, it's like we're going to be changing the future. That means, you know, so it's like maybe we do get yeah, a new I mean, Dirge game, but maybe it looks very different. I'd be more interested in a post remake trilogy Dirge than a remake of the pre-trilogy dirge. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. That yes, for sure. Else. For sure. Like that, yeah. Like, I know we had joked before about like, oh, they should they should remake Dirge of Cerberus. And like, I mean, they still should, but yeah, taking into consideration all the things that we're talking about here, yeah. Like, if, if we just, if we got a new dirge game and it was, uh, you know, within the context of this new... Uh, I, I still want to call it timeline, but it's not really that. <laughs> but the, the 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 world of remake, right? If it's within that world, I, yeah, I think that would probably be the better option of the two. If I'm being honest, um, yeah. kind of in the way that I like, we wanted Crisis Core reunion, or at least I did a little bit. Wanted it to have a little bit of something, but it, I feasibly, I don't know how that would be possible 
considering that we don't know what Zach like what what is Zach's deal uh <laughs> you know like what what is his deal going forward and stuff so you know that's probably why we didn't see anything like that from Crisis Core reunion because they don't necessarily want to show their hand just yet at what they're trying to do here which i think is smart uh, overall so, because it, it it's ke- it's keeping the hooks in right it's keeping us you know thirsty we talk about it all the time but it's like this is what this is what we're here for man Right, right, and exactly, and you know, and it's funny because this this video also made me appreciate the uh, DMW system a lot more yes, uh, than I that. had, um, because you know now that we know that memories are very not only essential to the the world of FF seven and the plot of FF seven, but the characters yeah. of FF seven, and you know. I, I will, one of my most memorable things from Crisis Core, like before Reunion came out, <laughs> um, was that the, uh, the final stand, uh, that Zach has. And while you're doing that, the, the dream, uh, the, uh, what, what is it actually called? The dream mind wave? Yes. I think is, um, I'll like check it's it for you, but I'm pretty sure it's the dream mind wave. Like yeah. And, and it's like, as you're, can, as you're lasting longer in that final stand, it is sort of breaking oh, down. Oh, dude, we're and those... so we suck. It's digital mind wave. Digital mind wave. God damn it! <laughs> just played the goddamn game. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's it's our old brains. I'm gonna leave it up <laughs> to old brain. Uh, <laughs> but you know that that whole part of you know going through that final stand and you know you're seeing it break down and like Zach is losing all of those connections that he had. And he's, you know, I think sleep easy, uh, said it as like, you know, Zach is giving up almost and, and sort of accepting that he is going to die and he is losing, he's letting go of those connections. And, uh, you know, for the, for the most part, like, yeah, that was true, except that, you know, he did continue to exist within cloud and, you know, in more ways than one, obviously, but was more, you know, that was something that, you know, wasn't entirely, you know, aside from him showing up in Advent Children, we didn't really know that that was what was happening, per se, beforehand. Um, which I think is cool, like, now, and and also really sorts of, sort of makes me wonder, like, what does it mean now that he's back you know, and it's something that, you know, Sleep Easy does bring up in the video of like, you know, we, we were had mentioned it before that Sephiroth is trying to separate Cloud from these entities like Aerith and, and Zack that were protecting him uh, back back in OG and Advent Children and were there to support him while he was, um, you know, going through those really tough moments back in OG, you know, trying to become himself again and, uh, you know, fix his fractured mind. And, you know, for a long time, and it's something that I didn't really, again, didn't really pick up on when I was playing through the, uh, through remake, um, you know, because we were talking about the white void and that all all those times when he was talking to Zach and, and Aerith after they had died and they show up in that white void. Um, we do see that there is, more people that cloud is connected to now, or at least they're showing us now that he is more connected to the rest of the party members. You know, it's not just 
Cloud. Uh, it's not just Zack and Aerith that he's connected to in that way. And especially if this is because because hmm, I'm trying to I'm trying to wrap my head around it right now because if this is sort of you know time and th- hmm, hold on <laughs> I'm minute, trying to I'm trying to wrestle with my with my fucking mind meat right now. Uh, <laughs> Your what now? My mind meat? I don't know Your that. I just literally meats? made that up. <laughs> <laughs> um but no just like the Welcome to the mind you know, meat minute by the way yeah <laughs> so you know and oh okay the it's really tough because without being able to like properly structure our conversation about this video because it does kind of uh it there's a lot of bouncing around that happens and also like again we don't want to touch upon too much stuff that we had already mentioned but um the with with the uh, what am I fuck what am I trying to say here <laughs> um with the live stream and everything and time time existing in the way that it is and that everything is sort of existing at the same time right everything everywhere all at once haha um it's kind of hard to tell well, actually, no, because it, no, it's actually really clear, and he does describe it here. Now that I'm thinking about it, because everything in the past has happened, like all this, the compilation material, OG, has happened yeah, already. Nothing is unhappening. Right. There's still everything that has happened up until this point has happened, and it's everything that is coming after this that is where things are gonna. Like we don't know anything about the future, and. I was going to circle around back to the Rebirth trailer because I, after watching this video, I wanted to go back and rewatch that trailer. And there's a lot of things. I mean, even the opening line of that trailer is Aerith saying that, you know, the, you know, the past is set in stone. And like, you know, even if the future's written, we can change that too. And then there's another line that Tifa says that she, she literally goes, um, you know, are you telling me that I died, that I'm an imposter? And I honestly think that 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 line that Tifa says, and I'm gonna put money on this right now. I don't, uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna put money down on the table uh, and say that that line that she is saying is something that she, that is going to be brought up when we go see uh, Bugenhagen. Well, what makes you in, say that? Because uh, my understanding of that is this is Cloud taught recount. Here's okay. I would love for you to convince me. So here we go. I always understood mm-hmm. that line to be along the lines of Cloud is recounting the Nibelheim incident, and he's saying, you know, I watched you die, Tifa. I saw you on the floor dead. You know, because when he did attack Sephiroth, he didn't think Tifa was alive. You know, at least that's my understanding of it. See that, now, okay, yeah, thought. no, that's um, I, I think I think that could also be right. And but my where I was going with it was because maybe because I was getting a little bit too caught up in all the other stuff that maybe gotcha. I was trying to like shoehorn it in. But um, basically, because I, I you know we had talked about before that when we do get to Bugenhagen, uh, in in Rebirth, I'm assuming that we're gonna see him in Rebirth, and we had talked about it before that that was gonna be like Bugenhagen was gonna be the guy that was going to break shit down for us and be like, Hey, this is kind of where things are headed. And I think that would be a point where, you know, when I heard that line again, I think maybe just because I was fresh off of this stuff that like my brain was like going into overload. 
um, you know, that line makes me think of like if Bugenhagen was explaining basically this whole thing of like, you guys have already lived and died at this point and you're just like you're ah uh, okay you know okay, you okay. like you you guys are you guys exist in the live stream and you're like you're both alive and dead at the same time or so, something like that you know and that was just to me that was something that had jumped out and it was like oh maybe that's what that is but i think you're probably right though i think I, I i'm crazy know, I in this it. scenario i could see it going either way yeah, like it could be. Play. Yeah, they, we could both be right. <laughs> I think. I think that's you know pretty. It's honestly kind of par for the course uh, for us, <laughs> to be honest. Well, it's but funny with the Geno- like with the Genova Sephiroth thing, right? I feel like we both kind of came out where I feel like I was leaning a little bit more towards Genova, and you were leaning a little bit more towards Sephiroth. And now, thanks to Sleep Easy, we have it broken down that like from this point on. It's Sephiroth, but from before yeah, this like, point, it's Genova. It was all Genova before, and slowly break free of Genova's will. Right, right, exactly. And um, I guess to to kind of to reel us back in here a little bit, um, there is one character in this whole thing uh, that we've been pretty neglectful of, and that's Aerith. And yes. she was the first sort of well she wasn't the first sign but she was one of the one of the big signs that like she she also is connected to things that we're not sure of and through this video it makes a lot more sense now that she is sort of connecting and like that the affinity scene or uh whatever whatever it was called uh in remake affirmation was that what it was called or was it the affinity affinity scene affinity Affinity scene okay um and when she was clearly tapping into something else, and that was, I think Sleepy Z had said it in the video, that that was, you know, her, Aerith calling upon her future memories in the live stream to go to Cloud and be like, hey, that's why she was saying shit like, you can't fall in love with me, you know, no matter what, and you know, no matter how real it feels or whatever she says, um... And like, yeah, like we know, like we, like there was definitely all those moments. There were certain moments throughout remake where you're like, she knows more, you know, like, like she she knows, she knows cloud is a Merc, even though I think that one can either be like, oh, well she has two eyes and, you know, looks at cloud and be like, you, you're probably a mercenary. Uh, and you also kind of look like my dead boyfriend. Well, that's, Uh, that's, that's why she shouldn't know. Right. Because she knows her dead boyfriend was a soldier. Right, so if she's right. looking at Cloud, she should be like, "Oh, you're with Soldier," but instead, mm-hmm. she knows it's a he's a merc. He's a merc because she she knows. And well, here's the, and the, the thing that Sleepy Z had brought up is that remake Aerith doesn't really it's like she doesn't know everything. Like she knows she can tap into the live stream and see like uh, from my my interpretation is that she's seeing flashes of the past and of the future, and she doesn't quite know what to make of it all. Right. But she knows that she has to use this ability that she has uh, to connect to the live stream to change things and to make it so that, you know, there could be a world where, you know, this, you know, this, this struggle isn't happening and that cloud isn't in this whole thing, which, you know, I still, I still think there are very dark days ahead for clouds still. <laughs> uh, and they might even be darker than in OG, uh, if I'm being honest. Considering if if all the things that we're talking about here are true and Sephiroth is in his level of control. And also, well, the 
point that I'm getting to here that I'm <laughs> that I'm trying to uh, get to is that Aerith, uh, once once we defeat um, the Whispers, right, and we we get rid of the Whispers and they they are no longer in the picture. Um, Aerith loses her memories of the future. So after like when we're walking out of Midgar and you know the the you know the terrifying sky and all that stuff she it no longer knows what is going to happen because the the way that Sleep Easy had put it I believe was that you know her connection to uh, her memories through the live stream in the past and all that stuff was only possible because of the whispers. And now that the whispers are gone, she has lost that ability yes. to know like what she's supposed, like, why is she going forward? Why is she doing things? Like, why did we just, why did we destroy fate? Like, why did we do all this stuff? And it's something again, that we don't really get a big sense of because it is literally like the last like two minutes of the game <laughs> where we see a lot of this stuff happen but um that to me is also like pretty interesting and also kind of scary because it's like you know Aerith convinced everybody to go do this thing and now she you know she just is assuming I guess at this point that this is what she should be doing and what everyone else should be doing in order to stop you know, Sephiroth and, you know, the, the guy who, you know, there's nothing right about him. And I love that, that scene. Now I can look back at that scene at the end of the highway, uh, with a bit more, a, more a bit more clarity now, yeah. and a little bit more context because that, that Aerith is still in contact with her future memories at that point. So she realizes that Sephiroth is becoming something else. Right. at this point like he is he is transcend like that that's the point where she knows and you know he even you know uh mentioned that like red 13 knows that like there's something up with him and also the you know her Aerith imparting her memories and which is that's that was what she did by the way when she touched red and when she touched Air, uh marlene and that like remember like i was con like we were confused for a long time about like what was that scene with Marlene about you know because it happens and it the only other time that we see anything like that is when she inter, you know she puts her hand on on Red's head and you know right. seemingly transfers this knowledge over to him and like so he knows everything you know or has an idea of things um and i believe that is exactly what happened with Marlene like she saw like they made contact and i think the way i i don't I don't remember, again, I, I highly implore <laughs> that you watch the video for yourselves because um, Sleep Easy does cite, you know, these are these are not things that are coming off of his own head. Uh, he I think, cites well, a lot uh, of the Ultimania, too. Right. It, this is a lot of his, the stuff that he mentions in this is stuff that is based off of, um, you know, developer interviews, the Ultimanias and stuff. So he, he cites basically anything that we're talking about here, he cites um, from yes. something. Um, and I, I don't know if it was, I might've been in one of the Ultimanias that, you know, that Marlene had saw something that she wasn't supposed to. And it, it is something based upon how, um, like certain individuals are more sensitive to the live stream or some, something like that. Um, you know, which makes sense to me. Like, well, you know, cause Marlene, as we know, and we see her in Advent Children and stuff, she's very much, uh, more in tune with, 
you know, the planet and stuff. And, and I still don't know if they might go down a different road with that. I, I don't think she's like a, um, I, I don't think she is a, um, I, I keep wanting to say celestial. That's not ancient, the right word. Ancient, ancient, cetera, ancient, cetera. <laughs> cetera, cetera. Yeah. I was thinking with a C word. Um, I don't think Marlene's a cetera, but it is totally within the the realm of reason that there are just certain individuals on this planet that are more in tune with the planet in yes. that way, right? And you don't have to necessarily be a Cetra to be in tune with the planet, as we, as we know. I mean, well, I was gonna say, I mean, Sephiroth is in tune with it, and Genova is, but that I, that's why he is, and that's Correct. why Cloud also is because of Genova uh, Genova cells, and well, now say if Genova, I'm not sure how much of a role she's gonna play going forward. Um, but it doesn't matter necessarily because Cloud and Sephiroth have that connection still. Right. So I think even if even if Genova is like completely out of the picture at this point, which I don't think she is, um, there's still that connection between Sephiroth and Cloud that is gonna keep that that sort of mm-hmm. you know those things that we were saying before about Genova and her existence and everything you know leading to all these things I think now we're basically just replacing Genova with Sephiroth is what we're doing <laughs> at this point and uh being like no he's he's the big dog now he's the, he's big the man, man now dog he's the big <laughs> you know and um you know I I just I just wanted yeah I I wanted to talk about Aerith and you know cuz she is she is equally as important in all this stuff, because it seems as though um, Sephiroth has basically more directly affected the lives of Cloud, Aerith, and Zack with whatever the fuck he's doing, um, you know, rewriting history or whatever he's doing. And it also sort of begs the question of, like, okay, you know, and and he does, Sleep Easy does bring it up in the video of, like, why, why Zack, right? Because you think, oh, maybe, maybe because he he didn't he wants Zach to be alive because he likes him, right? <laughs> but I do I do uh, sort of more lean towards the idea that it is, you know, he is by Zach being back in a in a corporeal form, he is no he no longer exists inside of Cloud in that way. Right, he's sort of um, pulling the consciousness out of Cla- the Zach. What would be. Zach's consciousness that's able to communicate with him in, say, the Advent Children arc, he's now pulling that out of Cloud so it won't be there that time. Right. And if, you know, because we, the big, the big debate that, that has been on everyone's minds is like, is Aerith going to die in Rebirth or in this new story? And, you know, if Aerith at any point realizes that, you know, her dying is what is going to get Cloud to where he needs to go. She will. She absolutely 100%. will die. And like you said before, it's like, you know, I, I think, well, we had said, I we had theorized many different times about how it was going to happen, but you, I remember you specifically saying that she would, instead of just dying this time, like she would actually sacrifice herself. It'll, yeah, it'll be more of a, sa- like, just imagine she makes it the long haul into the final battle. And that she mm-hmm. does something in the final battle to sacrifice herself. And right. she could say Instead something of like, just... I'm glad we made all these new memories. Right, right. And then, you know, in, in that moment, you know, maybe things will be as dark as... Or, you know, 
you know, like I'm like I'm thinking that, you know, with all this information that, you know, I think Cloud is going to be in a worse place mentally. Yeah. Than he was back in OG and even in Advent Children because he was still, you know, he was wrestling with that guilt and all that stuff of Aerith dying for a long time, you know, and like even before and his his feelings of inadequacy. And I do like there was a, a nice chunk at the beginning of the video where he's talking about Cloud and how he's kind of he's a very fragile person, even though he tries to, he tries to emanate this tough persona like he's actually like a really weak minded person. Well, not, I don't want to see <laughs> I don't want to be putting him down too much, but, you know, he has a very uh, a, a very fragile psyche. And uh, I think the 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 way he said it um, was the best that, that uh, Cloud is like a child that never grew up. Right. Yeah, and, and that a lot he of had symbolism he, to support that. Yeah, and he had to, you know, he had to grow up pretty fast and he wanted, you know, he wanted to be this big hero and then he didn't meet that expectation of himself. And, you know, that's why, you know, he's, you know, doesn't want to see Tifa when they go back to Nibelheim and all this stuff. And, you know, how we sort of in later parts of OG, like after we, we leave Midgar and we start seeing those, you know, um, the flashbacks and stuff of, you know, like this is what Cloud is. And even like later after he breaks you know, like this, this is the real cloud, you know, and yeah. like even, you know, even and well, I even that feels weird to say, because, you know, even though he is like before that, when we're in Midgard and he is doing all the cool guy stuff and, he, you know, he's doing the cool smirk. Now, that was cool. Um, <laughs> all that stuff, like I still would classify that as being part of him because, you know, if well, memories form people yeah. and like everyone, you know, everyone that we ever interact with in our lives like has an impact on us in some form or another maybe not there's people that don't have as, as strong of an effect but you know if you have any sort of deep connection or a long-lasting connection with anybody that that you know part of them is always going to be inside of you you know and like even though he was doing it in a more literal sense you know that that version of him is still i think real cloud but you know it's also the cloud that is being supplemented by Genova and the cells there. So that part there actually now, because I was trying to find a way to, to, to word it properly before, but um, the way that I think the, the reason why I think cloud is going to be in a lot more trouble uh, in rebirth and everything going forward is because, you know, we, and we had, touched upon it before you know when he was imitating zach and stuff and you know we're saying that genova was the one that was you know supplementing all of his memories and you know all these things about him well now the person who's in control of that is sephiroth yeah. like Gen genova was you know fascinated by cloud and you know wanted him to you know you know had some sort of a fascination with him and you know sephiroth also does but <laughs> You know, if Sephiroth, like now literally Sephiroth is in, uh, or Cloud is in uh, Sephiroth's, you know, the palm of his hands. And he can do whatever he wants to him now. And that's why I think, like, it, especially if Sephiroth is going to reach this new tier of whatever the fuck he's going for, that scares me. <laughs> so, like, I feel very scared for Cloud right now. And I feel yeah, like he is... Be. He is in more danger now than he ever has been. And that's why, you know, I do think that as much as I would love to have everybody survive to the end of the game and we're all just like, yeah, we're, you know, the power of friendship, you know, like we get it. 
you know, we do all that <laughs> pretty much, like at the end of Dirge. And uh, that was another thing he had brought up as well. But um, I, I do think that Aerith is the, the, like that pretty much like if if all these things are going to line up and actually going to happen and that, you know, his uh, Cloud's connection to Aerith and maybe even Zack, um, you know, are what is allows him to overcome, uh, you know, these all these things and you know, was, it was only possible because they were part of his consciousness instead of actually existing, then yeah, I think that pretty much guarantees that Aerith is going to so. bite it at some point. And, you know, maybe she'll realize that. And who knows? Maybe, maybe they pull some weird shit and, like, Cloud dies. I don't know. And then, you know, I, did, didn't we, like, fuck around with that that theory at yeah, one point? Or maybe that... Out. What should we take it with a giant grain of salt, like a four chan link? That's oh like, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, at the end of Rebirth. Yeah, and then Zach will be the new, uh, the new protagonist. Um, which I mean, could possibly it's possible. Anything, I guess, anything's possible technically. Yeah. <laughs> at this point, but um, yeah, I, I just I'm I'm super fascinated by you know this whole the idea of memories and how pervasive they are within this whole entire narrative and how the live stream is connected to like it is made up of memories and is just like this whole thing and like i wasn't um i wasn't quite aware like of what mako poisoning was but the i think the description from the ultimania was um or one of the ultimanias because there's like several of them yeah um is that it's it you know because the live stream is basically just the 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 memories of everyone who's ever lived on the on the planet you know if you get exposed to it for too long or too much or whatever it's just it's too much and your brain just like implodes on itself and that's why they're kind of if you're suffering from mako poisoning why you're you know kind of basically uh like an invalid mostly like you know like with the, all the Sephiroth clones like and they all just go oh, reunion reunion because they're all you know Mako poison because they they there was so much information flowing into their brains that their brains could not handle it and so they just shut down yeah, and it's like oh kinda... I, I didn't really think about it that way yeah. before to be honest I thought it was literally just like oh you're you got sick from 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 Mako you just you know you had, you had a little too much Mako you spent a little too much time in that Mako bath and it you know absorbed into your bloodstream and you know toxified your your shit or something you know what look, I mean look, I thought it was li like literal poisoning look far, uh, <laughs> enough in, look far enough into the Mako and the Mako will look into you look 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 stares right back in uh, <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, and like, there's again, there's a lot of stuff here that, um, you know, we're we're not we're we're definitely gonna miss stuff because yeah, again, a, it just, is the, this episode is gonna be shorter than his video. Right. Yeah, we're not doing a we're beat for beat. This is a reactionary, <laughs> just like this guy. And I'm telling you, like, we've done this. We've done a hundred episodes of this. This guy really strings it all together and i, I cannot recommend right it enough. If yeah you are an FF set, yeah and if it's you're listening to this podcast this video was, was made for you 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's like we're we're and we're doing this podcast because if we want more people to know about it. Yes. And it's like this is very important for for a video that came out back in 2021, uh, you know, over a year ago. Um it is shockingly and like I have yet to see like we've done other we've watched other like YouTube theory videos and stuff uh in the past, but nothing has come anywhere close to this. No. And I think I think a lot of it is because most of it is just analyzing all of the stuff that came before remake, and yes. using using all of that information to sort of you know unlock what the future of remake holds, right? And b- based on all the other context clues and things that we've gotten so far, it just makes it so much more concrete, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, yeah, we. Def absolutely <laughs> go watch this video and you know i i would love to i would love to revisit some of this stuff again like There's once rebirth so comes out i feel like i get mako poisoning trying to grip everything that was brought up in this ex- video dude <laughs> i was gonna say the exact same thing <laughs> <laughs> like this video gave me mako poisoning <laughs> uh if yeah if if the live stream was made up of this video <laughs> then I have Mako poisoning now. As do I. Um, but I, I think I, I'm not quite sure because um, I feel like there was probably more stuff because I've, I've been kind of thumbing through my notes here and we did kind of touch upon most of the stuff. Uh, and like I said, a lot there's a lot of stuff in that video that we have already touched upon. So, you know, there wasn't too much new stuff um, to really talk about, but you know, I still think it's incredibly important. Is there was there anything that you um, can think of, Nick, that you wanted to touch upon? Because I think uh, you know, it, it, I think honestly, what I took away from this, what I like, because again, we we, t- we touched on a lot of it. We touched on a lot of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to touch on all of it. And again, like you said, some of it is stuff we've covered on our podcast before. Mm-hmm. Some of it is new information. A lot of it for me was he was able to string again string so much of it together like we did two separate episodes who's in control and then we did um uh the we talked about Sephiroth and the Wutashi and Ore pronouns and yeah and the live stream white and black stuff yep and I I think like what's the the last thing that I guess I would want to bring up is I just think this is so cool because for anything else this is elevating Sephiroth. If you follow Sephiroth mm-hmm. in OG FF7, he's a great villain, but the best thing about Sephiroth is that he's is that he's a mystery. The problem is when we right. get to the end of FF7, a lot of that mystery still remains. You know, um Right. As, and even yeah. through all out the compilation material as well. You know, like even with, with all like Advent Children, Advent Children and Children. Advent Children starts yeah. to shine a light on it and starts to lay it mm-hmm. out in front of us. But if it look, the fact that And then it is, stops. He's he's the closest <laughs> thing then. we have to the Darth Vader of video games. Like if you think of iconic video game villains, Sephiroth oh, yeah. is like the he's top he's top, top of the list. They need and again, we we know now, or at least through Sleep Easy's Sleep Easy's analysis, that like as far as OG was concerned, Genova was really behind the wheel. But in mm-hmm. an Advin Children and Remake world we have a Sephiroth who's trying to break free of that will. And again, this just the reason why this makes perfect sense too is because like 
it flows into all of the thematics of this story when it comes to identity mm-hmm. and autonomy and memory and mimicry. It's all there. It's like this is if you were to ask yourself what would Sefer what literally what would Severoth do in a remake world? This is what he was would try to do. He would yeah. try to break free of Genova's will. Yeah, like if he if he knows if Sephiroth knew all the way back when he first went to Nibelheim, it like where things would go, like the like would he have done things differently? Uh, a thousand percent. Yeah. <laughs> like if he if he knew that he was ultimately going to be a puppet for Genova, I don't think he'd want that I think at all. Mix it up a but, little bit, yeah. And because and you know looking back on it now, it's like I mean it makes a hundred percent sense because I mean you know. Sephiroth was, you know, mentally sort of fracturing and he was already sort of struggling and trying to find his purpose in the world. And, you know, aside from just being the, the, the badass hero guy that everyone looks up to, um, you know, and I, I think that he did have a good sense of self before then, but then once Genesis and Angeal started to change and things started to happen, that's when the questions started coming in of like, what, what am I? What is my purpose? Like, who am I? What, what's going on? And then when he starts digging, and of course, you know, all this stuff happens at Nibelheim, which I love that, and I, I wasn't quite sure if I knew this before, but Nibelheim is sort of... Uh, it, it has been dubbed Destiny's Core. Yes. And it makes that to me makes a thousand percent sense because what is the most revisited thing? <laughs> what is the most revisited event in every every piece of the compilation material? Like, uh, I was going to say not in Dirge, but kind of in Dirge. Um, to a lesser extent because it's not really about Cloud and Sephiroth anymore. Um, or Sephiroth in general, but um, yeah, the fact that yeah, the fact that Genova and the the Nibelheim reactor and that whole incident is sort of being dubbed Destiny's Core really sort of puts things into perspective of like oh this this is like it I had made the joke before of like it feels like the sort of the 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 linchpin of the entire franchise and. I think that's because it is. It is. <laughs> and that's it was always meant to be that. Um and that was cuz that is the turning point for a good chunk of the cast. Um you know, especially Cloud and Sephiroth and and Tifa and Zack even. And it connects you know? all of them. Yeah, and that that is one thing that connects all of them and the only I mean, I guess not directly but sort of indirectly Aerith too, right? Yes. Cuz that is sort of that is the last time she really well before Zach leaves to go there that's the last time that she sees him and you know that that is what kicks everything off into into motion from from that point forward and um yeah it is it is crazy it, like when you really start to like l- like stand back and look at the larger picture of FF7 especially now like there is just so much stuff. <laughs> there's yeah. there's too much stuff, and that's why. Like I I really have to give it up to to not only Sleep Easy here, but all the all the folks that are working on this new project, um, and trying to bring all this stuff in. And whether whether or not it all makes sense, I'm not. You know, obviously we don't know that yet. But I get the feeling that that is what they're attempting to do. They're attempting to bring all this stuff into 
you know, and, and at first my initial thought was that, oh, they're just going to take all the pieces of the compilation and then, you know, weave it into what would have been OG FF7 story so that the other stuff makes sense. But I think it's like this, like, like we were saying before and like how Sleepyzy had mentioned that remake and all this stuff that's going to come after is like, this is the end of the loop. You know, this yeah. is the end of the everything that was started, you know, what was it, 25 years ago, whatever, however long it was. Um, you know, and that that to me is like, again, it's a crazy, it's a crazy thing. And, it, and it's a, a huge endeavor that I <laughs> I do not envy uh, the people in charge of, of make, doing all these things. And I mean, thankfully, it's all the same guys that were that did all the stuff. They they they're the ones that started the conversation all those years ago. Yes, you know, and they're they're finally making it full circle now, and um, it it makes me really excited. <laughs> I you know, and I say it, I feel like I say it every time we talk about some hype shit on this podcast. Like it just it lights that fire back up in me, and I'm like, oh yeah, like fuck yeah. <laughs> There's so much. Oh, I just want to know. I want to know where they're taking it and like what. You know what other things do they have to tell us and show us, and um, you know I, I think <laughs> I think we're gonna be hard pressed to find um, anything. Like I would love, I mean, obviously, you know, I would love to cover more like theory stuff because, um, like we were saying, like this video is not necessarily a theory. Like there is definitely theory involved in it, but a lot of it is just Analysis. you know using the yeah using the evidence of what we have to sort of. You know, and even and like and it's kind of crazy the amount of stuff that he is able to connect just with the stuff that we have available to us now in terms of remake, yeah. right? Because remake is they are playing it very close to the chest, and they were definitely getting a little bit more liberal about it at like towards the end of the game. But even still, we don't know like we don't know what Sephiroth's deal is. No. Still love that they bring that up in the rebirth trailer. Like, what is what is Sephiroth's what end? Is Sephiroth's what, what is Endgame? Like what? What is this? What is this motherfucker up to? <laughs> and like that's you know, and, and like with all this information and all this context now, it it really just now makes me think about it in this whole new light. And being like, yeah, well, fuck, like if he is as powerful as he is now theoretically, he could do anything. And he like what? What is? I can't imagine anything more scarier than a Sephiroth that knows everything about how things went and how things are going to go and well i mean technically he doesn't know how things are going to go now theoretically but you know if things because that and i'm curious how they're going to play with that too and be like is you know like there will be things that are going to be like similar to og right in terms of you know going to certain locations meeting certain characters i'm sure and the like you know kind of like in remake like things will be different but you'll be going to the same places and maybe following the general sort of line of um you know how things did progress before but i don't know i'm still thinking that there's going to be a big like a really even larger diverging point maybe at some point and who knows uh, maybe with rebirth that will be the point where they you know, things kind of just, you know, I don't want to say go off the rails, but go off the rails <laughs> and just be like, Dad, shit's fucking wild. I don't know. Sephiroth is like in control of space and time now or something like, yeah. And oh, man, it's just, there's so much stuff. And like poor Zach, cause like Zach oh, yeah. is by himself 
as far as we know, like he's like there's no cloud, there's no Aerith, you know, and he's just there. And I I'm super curious, like all these like the 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 main four these main four characters of Cloud, Sephiroth, uh, Aerith, and Zack. I I am the most curious. Like I want to see what happens with everyone else, but they they are the real the the core the core four of Final Fantasy VII. Yes. The spiritual core, if you would, if <laughs> if you could say. Um, like that like they're the ones that are obviously the most affected by all this new stuff and they're the ones that I am the most curious about. And you know, with all this knowledge and stuff, it's just it's it's too much. <laughs> it's too much. Um but yeah, I mean, I guess I I guess that's it. I I don't <laughs> I don't know how to <laughs> how to end this conversation. Um but I don't think. Hopefully, it won't take us uh, twenty plus years to <laughs> to figure it out. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I guess the the only other thing I would say is just repeating what we said earlier. Just go watch the video. Uh, I yeah. promise it's it it's it's almost three hours, but trust me, yeah, <laughs> it it is you know it is something that I feel like may be I would even classify as. Um, essential reading for the future honestly like because i have like i said we've we've dealt with a a couple of these and i've seen other theories and other videos and stuff online and a lot of it is just kind of like what we do is kind of just like yeah i don't know this is where i feel like it could go but you know we you know and we only really were basing off off of the knowledge that we have and like we, we weren't looking like we were you know maybe looking at something specifically like you know looking at you know, translated stuff from the Ultimanias or, you know, certain like the live stream white and black stuff. Like those were like very hyper specific things. But once you connect those, all those pieces in, uh, to the puzzle into the larger, you know, scope of everything, that's when things start to like, everything just feels a lot more clear to me now, despite that. I'm sure it did not come across that way <laughs> during the yeah. course of this episode. Cause we're like all over the place, but I think it's just more because there, there's just there, the density of information in this video is a lot, and it's something that I don't know would ever be a real, uh, there would ever be a real good way to uh, make that more digestible. And that again was not really our intention either with this episode. We just kind of wanted to riff and talk about and react to it and kind of have our own ideas and 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 you know see you know where things were and. Mainly just to kind of like let other people know if you haven't seen this video to go watch it. So that that's what I'm going to end on. And uh, Nick, I, I don't know if you have any other things that you would like to mention. I would just here. recommend again checking out the full video. You and I really gave a very broad idea of what he has to offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great watch, and yeah, I want to look. If you know, thanks to Sleep Easy for putting in that effort because not everybody's yes, yes, never, big yeah, big ups to Sleep Easy, and that's for. Uh, you know, I'll, we'll put obviously like we'll put his name in the uh, description and stuff, but yeah. it's S L E E P E Z I, and uh, he, I, I'm surprised that you know this video has like 500,000 views, but he's he's got 10,000 subs, and uh, you know it looks like he's been making uh, he hasn't been making content for well, that long. Well, he's and he's a home run hitter, right? So he doesn't make a lot of content, but when he does, he swings for the fences. 
Yeah, because I mean, I'm even looking at. Uh, there's another video that he has that's called "Genesis is Back" and a and it's a full FF7R integrated story breakdown, which we I might be interested in checking that out uh, to some extent uh, in the future. But that is another three hour video, so <laughs> maybe we'll you know take a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> excuse me. Um, yeah. Um, you know, big ups to sleep easy. And, you know, I, it seems like he is, um, still doing stuff and he has, it looks like he has a trailer for a theory video that he has coming up here. So, you know, we'll, if he comes out with anything else that, um, you know, that we want to talk about, we'll obviously cover it here. And, you know, we also, I want to, um, you know, extend it out to, uh, the, the viewers and listeners here. Um, if you guys have anything, if you have any theory videos or theories, your own theories Anything that you, you want, want to, us to cover. yeah, like submit it to us. You can email us the midgarminute at gmail.com. Uh, you can message us on Instagram uh, at the midgarminute, or if you, you know, if you in the member of the Discord, you can ask the Discord. You can ask us directly there. Um, yeah, you know, because I, I definitely, I love this like you know as much as i liked like talking about the actual content of ff7 i really like talking you know and like uh talking to the community and you know getting other people's perspectives on things you know because you know as awesome as we are and how awesome all of our uh, thoughts and opinions are i love <laughs> i love getting uh other people's opinions as well and just you know that's uh, you know why I love the Discord so much because we have a, a very eclectic group of people in there and they all you know even though we all come together with our own love of Final Fantasy you know we all have our own different interpretations on stuff and that's the real magic <laughs> if you think about it <laughs> but uh, I guess that's enough of me being sappy um, do, uh, you know I'm, I'm gonna count us down this time hell I think. yes I'm ready for you baby all right Three, two, one. That was the best one by far, for sure.